The invitations in most churches aren't to lay down their life. It's to receive his. See, but if you receive his life without laying down yours, yeah. it's, a, it's an incomplete gospel. You're tuning in to Coach and Joe, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to Coach and Joe. This is Joe Reynolds, the pride of Minnesota. Never been to Minnesota. This is Anwin. It's a shame. Stone. You're missing out on this. From across the pond from Sheffield mm-hmm. near Nottingham. We have a lot of people that uh, watch the show from Sheffield. I'm coming to Sheffield. Matter of fact, by the time you watch this, I will have already been to Sheffield maybe. No? No, three weeks prior. Three weeks prior. That's pretty awesome. Let me give you some information that can help you. We're going to have these things called table weekends coming up this summer. There are going to be opportunities for you to join us for an event that can help you really wrestle through a lot of the content we use on these shows. going to be geared towards families. We're going to have the table gathering this coming fall at the Mm -hmm. church. We're going to have table retreats. Also, uh, I'm supposed to address people by name. His name is Joe. That's Anwan. And Joe's not supposed to talk into that cup. All right. Let's jump in right now. When is your half? No, when is your 10K? Uh, 20th of April. And it's around here? Uh, yeah, it's at Reedy River. Are you running it by yourself? Micah and Lindsay Ashri are also running, but I've got a feeling they're slower than me, so I'm not in the same, oh, in the same lane. Oh, fire. That's how they do it in England. <laughs> They're slower. You hear that, Mike and Lindsay? You're slow. I, I take you as a guy. You were an all-American track type person. You ran track at, at Michigan. Mm-hmm. I don't see you running anymore. I haven't ran. I, I don't. I th- when I used to run 70 miles a week. Yeah, when someone competes on that level, it's done. the college football player that doesn't watch football. It was actually funny. I was watching um, track and field's happening right now. I don't know if you knew that. But what do you mean, Khalid, like in the life? Yeah, like Khalid in track and field, things are happening. Like they're getting close to the end of the season. Is it on ESPN 4 in the middle they're, of the night? I don't know where it is. I don't know. FSN. Anyways, I was watching it, and I, I looked at Rachel Woodard, and I said, could you could you imagine being a professional runner? How horrible of a job would that be? I would hate that. And I did track for a lot of my life, but I, I'm over it. I'm done. 1996, I was preaching at Anderson University, and I look out the window. And I look over there, and I'm like, what is that guy doing? This is a great story. It was the 1996 Australian Olympic speed walking, power walking team. Oh, they look ridiculous. Oh, that looks so strange. It looks like they have to go to the bathroom really because bad. They, they look like they're going to dislocate their hips. Yes. They're, the, your heel cannot get yeah. but about that far off the ground. And, I, and the pace in which they walk is faster than you run. Yeah. It is really bizarre. It's got to cause injuries. Listen to this guy. Somebody really? just sent the new the new marathon record. This is how fast this man ran. Watch the twenty six point two. Yeah, I always want to fight people that have those bumper stickers on their car. Watch it this. It makes me want to rip it off their car. He averaged. Hold on. The drum roll, please. He ran it like six minutes a mile. No, 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 Chad, Chad, Chad. Four. <laughs> I bet you hundred bucks. He's from Kenya. Four minutes and forty seconds. Good. Great. Is he from Kenya? A mile. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Let me find it. I don't know. E-Mac, what's the fastest mile you've ever run? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the fastest tank. I don't measure in miles and yards and inches like you lot. Well, what do, do you measure? Kilometers. 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 Four. I don't even know what a kilometer is. <laughs> what? How far is a kilometer? A you kilometer. do kilometer. I've never. I don't know if I've ever said the word kilometer. <laughs> the fastest ten kilometers I've ever run was fifty-two minutes. Right. Means nothing though. Do you measure yourself so in inches too, in or meters? 
How tall are you? Lisa's 172. Oh, God. That's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, she's no, you lot are the ones that all do that measurement. The imperial. Isn't it imperial? Uh, it's the, the right way. The, the world right way. I can't even do my daughter. Right I can't do my kids' homework, really. I can't. All this is making me anxious and, <laughs> and gassy. I'm ready to move on. I don't like this. Kilometers. I have no idea what a kilometer is. She's 172 tall. Cool. 172 kilometers. Centimeters. Centimeters. Kilometers. <laughs> All right, I want to jump in. I'm at, I'm at Sam's Golf Tournament two days ago, and I'm standing behind. He get an eagle at that one? Yeah, he did. That's he did awesome. He shot 37. He hold one awesome out on number nine. It's a kilometer. I'm standing behind <laughs> the green, and I hear the father say to me, Chad, you shall have no other gods before me. Oh, jeez. And I sat there and I said, hmm? Like, so let me read this passage, Exodus 23. To me, like when I hear this, this sounds like something that was said 10 billion years ago. Mm. I picture like Charlton Heston on top of a rock. You shall have no other gods or I'll kill you. Like it, I'm in 2019. The, the timeless God of the universe, my father, who Jesus took me to. I'm not in midstream conversation. I'm standing there watching Sam play golf, and he says, you shall have no other gods before me. And it wasn't funny to me. I said, I I just went, huh? So Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. (laughs) And so I sat there for probably two minutes, hoping that it would pass. (laughs) I don't know. Have you ever had him call you out out of the blue? I'm not talking to God about revelation. What is what is a New Testament idol, Father? I actually was thinking about what I was going to grill out that night. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you renounced four lords in your life a few weeks ago. There's six more that you need to renounce because there's space in your heart you're giving to other people. Two of them are not even alive. And I want full access to your heart. Wow. Okay, I haven't told you this. No. I haven't talked about it. And I said, all right, this is now about to make 10 lords I have to renounce for my life. I'm not joking. And two, a month ago, he called them demigods. Mm. And I'm like, no one's going to believe me on this. It's like I'm in a Greek mythology movie. Demigods? I got to go after Thor and the spirit of my life? And he showed me a picture. He said, anyone in your life that you have given residence to your heart where I should have residence and you care about their opinion and you they have more of your worship than I do, then there's something between me and you. He said, I'm a jealous God. And then he said, Chad, worship is all it is is an expression of whatever's at the center of my heart. And if you're expressing yourself to someone else more than you're expressing yourself to me, I am a Lord in your life. I want to be your one and only God. Wow. And I said, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need just a moment here. So <laughs> Sam hits the ball to the green. And I, I knew there was an expediency on this. I knew I wasn't supposed to go process this for a day. A lot of times what we call processing is denial and delay. And I mean when you walk in friendship with him, he speaks to you. Imagine like you talking to me. And I know what you're saying. There's no mystery to it. I would talk back. I knew that in this moment, there was something I had to take care of right now. So I said, please show me who they are. He showed them to me so clearly it did not take faith. These were people in my life. Two of them aren't alive. They're in heaven. That I had given more access to my own heart to them 
than I had to father. Now, if you listen to this right now, this could be taken as legalism. I'm not a legalistic guy. You guys do life with me. Then he took me to this passage. I've never preached this passage. I'm getting ready to. He takes me to a New Testament look at this, and I thought, oh, I I didn't know the reference. I had to Google it, but I heard this. No one can serve two masters. Mm. So this is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the word Lord in Greek means owner. God told me in my sleep a year ago, there are many people in his church that believe they are regenerated and they are not. To make him Lord of your life is to make him the owner of your life. I believe that Jesus Christ, Father and Holy Spirit, have a lot of people who are fans of him and don't want to go to hell when they die. But when it comes to whether or not he is the true supreme master of their lives, I'm not even sure people even think about this. And Amlin, I'll start with you. When he when he said this to me, it caught me way off guard. I thought I had already dealt with some stuff. Yeah, even I've even taught on New Testament idols. But this was like, Chad, you can only have one master in your life. <laughs> when I say the word master to you, the Lord is your master. Mm-hmm. What does that invoke in you? For me, it means that he has full rights. He has full say. He has full authority. Um, makes me think of, you know, when you when you rent a house and you have a landlord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't really do anything in that house because it belongs to them. Um, it's about ownership. Um, yeah, that's what comes to mind for me. What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, so much. When, when you were talking about he, him being a jealous God, it reminded me of Revelation 3, which is where... Uh, God would rather be have us be cold mm-hmm. than lukewarm. There's something about indecisiveness that I don't think that w- we mistake God's patience for His acceptance of us being delayed in our obedience in being in our in being delayed in coming to Him fully for things. And He's not like His patience is not for us to continue. Walk, like, so like you said that there was an urgency that, of, of that whole story you just really shared. Fast. You said that, and but but that's because you're his friend, and so you understand that if he shows you something, it's not for you to go home and process into journal. It's to do something with it, and that's what I love about you, Coach. That you're obedient enough to do it when he shows you. But I think so much of us we think that okay, God's patient with me. Well, he wasn't patient with Ananias and Sapphira, in the sense of hey, it's going to take some time to get to to work this thing out. Like there's an expediency on God with stuff, even in the new covenant that we can't, like we, we've got to, when we get revelation of things, what you're talking about is a huge deal. And one of the things he's actually showed me where idolatry is rampant is within family, in churches. So you can be more loyal to your people than you are even to God to the point where you'll follow your people off a cliff, but you won't follow Jesus. Oh, best my Lord. You. And so we talk all the time about how God wants to lead us, how he's the good shepherd. But the question is, is are you following him? Like you can be a sheep in his flock and not go where he says to go. And if that if that's what you want to do with your life, it's it's you renouncing him as Lord, putting something where he should be as shepherd. And at the end of the day, what happens to your life is if your guess is as good as mine, but but it's not because of God's lack of kindness. He honors our choice to follow other voices that aren't his. And there are, there's there's consequence to that. Can I give you my interpretation of Matthew seven, twenty one through twenty three? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've never read this from anyone else, and if I'm wrong, I'll repent of it. This is just what he showed me. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. A lot of people associate this verse with the afterlife when they die. 
I'm not so sure about that. So kingdom is the king's domain. Mm -hmm. You can be born again, him not be the master of your life, and him not have full reign to your life. Be born again. uh, Your eternal security is secure because of the decision you made for Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God, there's only one way you're able to walk in the kingdom of God. You have no more rights. He has to become your Lord, your owner. There is a massive, massive, massive problem with people's revelation of the kingdom of God. This is the rich young ruler. He could not enter the kingdom of heaven, which was not the afterlife. It was here and now. Here's what's interesting. In the kingdom, I have to give up all rights. But here's what I get in return that he showed me. Now, my stuff becomes his stuff, and he's actually responsible to take care of my stuff. For example... Uh, this is my house. And so I'm the owner of this house. If something goes wrong with it, a light, whatever, I have to fix it. But if I'm renting somewhere from a land Lord, Mm -hmm. something goes wrong. The Lord comes and has to fix the situation. Yeah. uh, Psalm 24, one, everything in the world is the Lord's owner and everything in it. This is where the rich young ruler missed it. Yes, he had a lot of assets. You give up those assets, you actually now have more assets than you did before. Only predicated upon one thing, though. You cannot have any more rights. There is such a narrow road of the kingdom. Yep. There, are, there, are, there are people that pastor churches that are not walking in the kingdom of God. There are worship leaders that are not walking in the kingdom of God. There are apostles in the marketplace that think they're in the kingdom, and they're not. If I own anything yes. in my own mind, and there's fruit of that, I'm not in the kingdom. Because the only way you get in the kingdom is you have to completely surrender everything. And I mean everything. And that's the cost that Jesus says you have to count in order to be a disciple. Yes. See, because, and it stems from how we get people, we get people born again. The invitations in most churches aren't to lay down their life. It's to receive his. See, but if you receive his life without laying down yours, yeah. it's a, it's an incomplete gospel. It's not, it's not what Jesus died for. He didn't die just to give you something. He died for you to give him everything. Mm-hmm. And so he's never fully Lord until your life is his. It's why in Luke, Jesus says you have to hate your mother, sister, brothers, father. Yeah. So the intimate relationships, the ones that you think in your own natural mind and when are the closest ones you need to cleave to, Jesus says you have to hate them. He says, don't think I came to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Absolutely. And when we follow him and he says certain things to us, there'll be reactions in our family. And that's when we know whether our loyalty is to him or to them. Most people can't get through that hurdle. In most people's spiritual formation, they go in the vein of where their families led them. It's been the hardest hurdle I've seen repeatedly. For well, I always want to call a spade a spade. Then just call your master who it is. Correct. Lord, I love you. Um, I'm thankful that I'm born again, but yes. you're not my master. No. My mom is. Yep. My wife is. My dead grandfather is. Yep. My job is. Like, we've got to be careful because you only know you're his friend if he, do, if he does what he commands. And when he tells you what to do and you don't do it, you just need to start writing in your journal. Instead of God, where are you? Just confess, you, Jesus, you're not my master. Right. And, and this sounds so harsh, mm-hmm. but it sounds harsh to the person that hasn't made Jesus master of their life. Yeah. I just, I, to me, I'm not smart enough to be married, to lead Wendy, to lead my three kids. To, to lead this church, to write, to speak. To me, there's actually freedom in surrendering all my rights. Yeah. Because what happens is when you give up 
even the, the idea that you have any revelation on your own wisdom, all wisdom comes from God. All revelation comes from God. When I confess to him, like I did last night in the guest bedroom, there's nothing I have apart from you. I don't have anything but you. He'll give you revelation. He'll give you strategies on leadership. He'll provide for your bills. Yeah. Um, the, the, one of the ways in which this really manifests, matter of fact, let's go back and be authentic to the passage here. Watch how the Lord says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Look at what he says. You cannot serve both God and money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You throwing money in there. Here's a way to know. This is a word. I'm, this is, I'm seeing this as a word of knowledge. Which camera do I look in? Here's a way to know right now. If you know he's the master of your life, if he does not have your finances, he is not your master. A promise. Which is a tenth, a t- a tenth of your income of your income that you are sowing to the church family and body that you're connected to. It's so important that you're giving him your finances. It says at the most practical of Jesus Christ talked about money more than a banker. He, the the thing he went after was that, and that's the thing with the rich young ruler, right? So that, that power, that spirit of mammon is powerful because what it does is it allows you to pick your master. Mm. See, for a rich man, Jesus said that it's harder for a, a, a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom. It's because when you're a rich person, wealth fiscally, when you have your own means to provide for, you don't need a master or a Lord because you can do it yourself and you can buy your comfort. You can buy your direction. You can buy your source. And and so and so money is the first thing. I think it's such a blessing that you're willing to go after that thing because most people don't want to talk about it. But it, but it's how the world is run. It is. And I would say, Joe, that it's it's more than ten percent. It's actually all of our money. There you go. It's all his. Well, you know, we give him, we give ten percent to the temple, but the rest of the ninety, we're still accountable for what we yep. do with that. Mm-hmm. And in the the New Testament and in the early church, the way they lived was to share everything they had. That's good. Yeah. It was that nobody among them was poor. Nobody went without. So if your kids needed shoes and you didn't have money, I would give what I have to give to you. That's the way they lived in that kind of oikos. Do you know what I noticed? Men and women, all seven continents, it's not a thing in the West. We feel more comfortable being a self-made man or woman. It makes us feel gross. good about ourselves. So if you are the it's biggest, tight. most bowed up, ripped sheep in the pen, you're still a sheep. Like, in other words... Can you imagine a sheep, because that's what we are, trying to act like you're a big old bad lion? No, the lion of Judah is not you. Power hits people who realize they have nothing. You know that it's you can actually be a billionaire and be contrite in your heart and the money have no no hold yeah, over you? Absolutely. I know people that walk in in really low amount of money, amount of income, and have tons of pride in their heart. This is an issue of me having to admit every day, Father, I am a cracked clay pot. I need you. There's nothing special about me. Grace flows to the lowest places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I want to close here. I love this. I want to go back to money because it's in the scripture. Yeah. If he does not have your money he does not have you mm-hmm. i don't care if he's given you a gift uh angelic revelation and you can preach the scriptures and lead better than anyone in the world whatever jesus talked about money for a reason because it's a natural yes. sign of whether of where i am yeah. on the master meter that i'm gonna have a master how do you just tie it back in the i'm gonna have a ma- there, this, there's a metric on this yeah I'm going to have a message. And for me, listen, I'm the one that told you my story. I said, after I've I've renounced 10 demigods for my life, I said, what else? 
What else? You know what he's showing me? I'm now 24, 20, I don't know. I've lost a lot of weight since December 27th. And he showed me to the degree in which I give up sugar to him being on this. He keeps giving me stuff because he showed me that that, that is even tied into who's a master in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to put my convictions on you two or anyone else. This, this is what he's hitting me on. Yeah, I can lead a church and him not be my master. And when he showed me that, I thought, so I don't want another God. I'm not doing this for some podcast. I'm not, who cares? I'm not doing this for that or because I'm doing it because I only have a limited amount of time on this earth. I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. And he told me a person that I do believe I walk in in purity and character. He said, you, uh, you can't have no, you can have no other gods before me. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not going to go take some Asherah pole and put it in my backyard and do, remember the passage where Aaron's making earrings that I go, I'm not going to do that. But I have done that without knowing it. Yeah. Perhaps in the middle of your own ignorance, you can be set free with knowledge and revelation from the Father. You, you'll you be free when he gives you truth. When you know the truth, then you can act on it. I bless all of you. to get, I dare you. I'm not blessing you. I dare you to get on your knees and ask God if there's any other gods before him in your life. Go do it now. Go in peace. Thanks for tuning in to Coach and Joe. Catch more episodes on YouTube and podcasts. To take a deeper look at friendship with God, check out coachandjoe.com.